Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to Katie Keencast, a podcast all about the CW's Katie Keen. I'm Alex. I'm Justin, still dreaming after all these years. <laughs> and I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Chapter 10 of Katie Keen, a.k.a. Gloria, Gloria. Nice. It is to be sung. What a beautiful falsetto. It's just. Oh, thank you very much. Don't I inflate that ego. I got to be honest. I was a little disappointed that they didn't sing that in the episode. It felt like a prime opportunity to do it. And I'm proud of them just, for they that. They blew it. They blew no it way. across the board is what no I'm saying. Way. Wow. Uh, I mean, it's probably hard to get the rights to that song, I would think. Probably. Yeah, that's true. It's like the happy birthday song. If, well, uh, you don't want to steal. The thing of stealing a song, it's fucked up to do that. A lesson. Mm-hmm. I think we learned in this episode. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. It would be great if uh, Josie was going to start to sing it, and then you know Sandra stole it and started singing it. Mm. That's the only way it would work. Nice. Well, wow. the rights are, I believe, owned by Gloria Estefan. I could be wrong about that, but she's <laughs> the only Gloria I could think of offhand. So no, it I tracks. assume it's it true. Yeah, the same way that um, Jack Flash owns the rights to Jumpin' Jack Flash. <laughs> Also, that Jack Flash is also known as The Flash. Oh, wow. That's It's all coming together. And The Flash is on the CW, just like Katie Keene. And that is a great setup to talk about a little bit of recap of what's led us to this point on the show. Now, Katie Keene is working at a place called Lacey's. She's working a couple of jobs there, working for a lady named Gloria, who is part of the personal shopper... Gloria, part of the personal. Oh, I feel a harmony room. coming on. <laughs> Pete's got the low register. Alex is a, a little I'll tell you angel. What, that would depend on me doing any other lyrics other than Gloria to that song. <laughs> My understanding is that song is uh, it's a twenty minute track where the word Gloria is said over and over again, and that's it. All right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've never mm-hmm. listened to it, so there you go. Oh, man. Uh, so Kitty Keen is working at Lacey. She's working for Gloria Grandbill, too, is kind of a mean dragon lady, but also a little bit of a mentor to Katie at the same time. There's also a woman named Amanda who is not Ooh, even a friend of so Amanda much as a, app. 
Ah, great Amanda. Oh, what an Amanda. Strong Amanda showing. Amanda is Katie's rival in the personal shopper department. Doesn't really like Katie very much at all. Uh, Definitely sucks up to Gloria a lot. At the same time, Katie is also working on an apprenticeship for a sexy Satan named Guy La Montagna. (laughs) He has the eighth floor of the building all to himself. Katie's been working there. They reached an understanding the last episode. However, a couple of episodes back when they first met things got a little flirty late at night at Lacey's they almost kissed until she vomited right in a handbag another thing that's been going on in Katie's love light love life excuse me is uh, she Mm. hooked up with a literal prince named Errol Swoon who was engaged to be married uh, as uh, not exactly related but she ended up being hired to design a wedding dress for the wedding. She deferred, got Guy to design the wedding dress instead, but there's a whole tangled web going on there of secrets and lies. And I seem to remember there used to be a guy who, like, I guess Mm -hmm. was in this show, like, uh, not super important. you. (laughs) Fuck you. His name was, like, like It's K.O., motherfucker. Don't be a douchebag. It was, like, F.P. O.K. Gene? O.K. Gene is what I think it was. O.K. That's what it was. Yeah, O.K. Because he's only only (laughs) O.K. K.O. Kelly, Katie Keene's true love, who is a boxer, he they broke up. You said it towards the beginning. I mean, it is true. uh, Towards the beginning of the series, I don't uh, know because he's he's a ghost in this episode. He's mentioned (laughs) once in passing. One up. He's got to train for his big fight. He's got coming up. Well, the other thing that's going on with him is. Ooh, love life wise, at least the thing that's going on with him that you should probably know about is he is dating Zandra Cabot, who is the head of Cabot Records and Cabotur and various other arms Cabot of the cheese. Cabot family fortune. She hates Josie McCoy. Josie McCoy, of course, of the town of Riverdale, who has restarted her band Josie and the Pussycats on her own after a scuttled EP with Cabot Records. Now, the other thing that we should mention about Josie that's very important for this episode beyond her dating Alex Cabot kind of on and off is her stepbrother, Kevin Keller. You might have forgotten about that detail, but their parents got... Yeah, their parents got married in season three after being high school sweethearts and separating for a very long period of time. So, in fact, Kevin Keller and Josie are step-sibling, step-brother, and step-sister. Uh, Kevin Keller, in case you don't watch Riverdale for whatever reason, though I imagine that's probably not true, <laughs> uh, is very into drama. He is always uh, kickstarting the school musical over the past three seasons or so. I don't think he did that in the fourth season. Uh, there's other things you probably need to know about Riverdale, but you'll figure them out as we go. Also, Truth. Kevin's missing organs. <laughs> Yes, yeah, a huge. Doesn't factor really here. play into the episode, but you could see every uh, once in a while he'd he's wins. not. Yeah, he's not processing liquids as well as he could be. Yep. Yeah, there's yep. all those shots where you can hear him screaming in the bathroom in the background. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is a very. If you don't know, he had his kidneys had a, a kidney taken. Just one, just one, not both just one. kidneys. It's hard to um, live with only with no kidneys. I mean, poor Kev, man. I mean, it doesn't get any better for Kev in the future. 
Right. Yeah, oh. that's true. They keep taking his kidneys. They keep putting them in. <laughs> every, every time I get a kid, I think I have an extra kidney. They take it back out. That's the quote <laughs> from The Godfather, right? Yeah, that's true. That was a surgical yeah. uh, mafia surgery movie, I believe. Yes. Other characters you probably know about, there's Pepper Smith, who is a con woman living in New York. She is starting her dream, which is the Pepper Plant, a multi-use art space, uh, along with her partner in crime, literally Dee Dee, who used to work at a hotel that she was scamming her way to living at. As we found out last episode, though, Pepper actually has a secret wife who hates Pepper and wants to absolutely destroy her for everything. Pepper is trying to go on the straight and narrow, but it's not quite working as we see this episode. She's also yeah. kind of on the side, sort of tied into the Pepper plan, working as a producer for various productions that her friends are putting on, including Jorge Lupe Lopez, who is also a drag queen named Ginger Lopez. Yeah. Jorge is dating a guy named Bernard. Yeah. Bernardo. Yep. Bernardo. Bernie, right? Bernardo. Bernard, Bernie, bro. Uh, he is a firefighter. He's sexy. He's nice. He also had an ex-boyfriend named Buzz, who is a stockbroker, who has become more open about his own sexuality. He was a little closeted for a while. And the last episode that all came to a head when they had a little bit of a threesome that went on. And as we ended the episode, at least, it seemed like Jorge was regretful about the threesome. But we find out this episode, it is anything but yes. So with all of that set up, let's get into this oh, big man. crossover episode of Katie Keen. Justin, take it away. Let's do it. So we kick off the episode Speaking with of doing a it. hot, steamy scene. Talk about a dreamer. Um, we get uh, Katie having sex with Guy. Uh, all right, little boy, back up the truck. I mean, it started with what we kind of the feared. sex truck. Back up yeah. the sex truck. Yes. Okay. It Bag started with truck. what we kind beep, of feared. Beep, beep. Sorry, Backing up the sex just a truck. quick question about that, actually. Do they do contactless delivery on the sex truck now? Oh, yeah. For those of you that don't know, Pete runs uh, Take a Taco Truck for Sex, the sex truck. Uh, <laughs> you can just Google it, uh, and you can um, take advantage of this great uh, service that he provides. Uh, anyways. Um, yes, thank you, Pete. Hey, you started with are the first responder right now. It started with a fear that we had last episode that Katie Keene was just going to be his, like, basically mannequin. She would just be modeling dresses and not getting designing. So it kind of starts off with she is this, you know, she's modeling the dress and, you know, just kind of spinning around. And then they get all kind of, like, hot and heavy. She loves it, though. She loves it. He cuts her dress. It's sexy. She loves it. Very hot. The whole thing, I got to be honest, that was a pretty hot dream. And I felt like, should she be hooking up with her boss? Absolutely not. But they're good together. They got chemistry. Oh, stop. He's the devil. I like the way you position that is. Should she be hooking up with her boss? No. But should she be hooking up with her boss? (laughs) Yes. Yes, she should. (laughs) Alex is the head of our HR here. And honestly, there are a lot of complaints specifically about Pete's sex truck when it comes to business. I mean, I don't want to pull back the curtain too much, but uh, at the HR department of my actual work, there's a little box like, should you be doing this? And then under it is like, but is it hot? And if the answer is, but is it hot? They're like, go ahead. No, fun, this is bro. this is really creepy, dude. You work at a very sexy news website, right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. In the 1980s. Nice. 
Um, anyway, uh, this yeah, scene is, is uh, very good, um, as we said. And then suddenly uh, we realize it's a dream. She wakes up to find uh, Josie um, and Kevin right out the gate Kevin? in her room. Yeah. Uh, calling her out, um, having a too flushed a face because that means a sex dream is happening. Um, and Kevin, as always, has no idea quite what's going on and has little to do right out of the gate. <laughs> <laughs> I do like, uh, I mean, uh, just to talk about the Kevin of it all, and I'm sure we'll talk through his whole storyline. But I like the fact that they did actually bring him in for more than a one scene turn, which is the yeah. same thing they did with Sierra McCoy a couple of episodes back. And they figured out a way of having the guest cars come in and have it tie into the overall journey of the characters, which is mm-hmm. smart and important. And, you know, it's not there's a lot of shows that don't do that. They'd be like, hello, I'm Kevin Keller. See you later. New York yeah. is great. But they give him, honestly, more of a plot line than he's had, I think, on Riverdale in several seasons at this uh, point. Yes, I was definitely like, that's 100 percent true. It's crazy. He had not s- several seasons like I think it was last season when it was, you know, he was in the farm. He had a lot to do. He know he, he had a, a lot drone. to do. Yeah, he was, he was just a like a, a black, uh, not uh, but a uh brainwashed uh, flunky who came in and was like, my organs, and then that was it. And then this yeah. season, he's the musical episode he was great in, but yeah. he hasn't had stuff going on, like an ongoing story. And so it was sort of nice they generated an ongoing story that they retroactively made come to a head uh, in this episode. Yep. Yeah, it was, it was sad, though. Poor Kevin. It was sad. I mean, overall, it was interesting to start off with a sex dream about your boss when so much of the episode was uh, not exactly Me Too, but about Kevin getting assaulted by somebody in power. Uh, Certainly there was a lot of that in play also in a more subtle way with Pepper's storyline as well. Um, Just people getting control over each other and how those things can get mixed up. I think that was a running theme through the episode, and it was nice how they played it out at different levels. Yeah, it was sort of, it felt like very disparate storylines, but they were thematically linked. And it didn't even come to a big head where it was like, look, we're all dealing with the same stuff in New York City. It was more like (laughs) these storylines just came to a close. Also, what Gloria was dealing with. Apparently, there was Mm -hmm. some scandalous stuff in her past with when it came to, you know, her workplace and stuff like that. So that's, yeah, it was all kind of tied in. It was just different levels of creepiness, really. Yeah. But and we should say uh, well, Pete, I mean, Pete runs uh, a tight ship at the sex truck. There's no funny business except for the the funny business that you're there to, to actually pay for. But anything right. else is it's all above board. Yeah, there's yeah. also an option that you can select. It's right at the bottom of the menu, but there is funny business and it's uh people dressed as clouds. Yeah. Tickling. Zalvin's <laughs> into that one. He is <laughs> Alex is into that. I mean, I'm called, a clown, I'd, so what can I tell you? Oh, God. Oh, That's stop. right. Alex is married to a clown, so of course we have no more questions about this. Uh, let's, jump, <laughs> <laughs> let's jump in back into the show um, and forget about that little interstitial. Um, the storyline, uh, we move over to Gloria, who's uh, written a book about her fat, her like take on fashion. So they're having a big book mm-hmm. launch today. Um, Katie shows up, sees Guy, is weird, total flashback. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And uh, that was talk- funny, though. I want, yeah, I want to talk about how like guy immediately picked up on that and like pulled her aside and was like, "What is your deal?" And she is like, she looked very flustered, just like after the dream was like, "Nothing. What are you talking about?" 
And then, of course, that turned into Gloria being like, is it something with the dress, you know? So I thought that was like a really kind of interesting kind of telephone game of sometimes how things kind of can spiral. Mm. Yeah. Uh, we I think this about- would actually be a great topic to talk about more. Usually we talk about a very personal topic. So maybe like sexiest dream you had about another person and who was that person? Pete, why don't you go first? <laughs> yes. And we'll you need so- just as, as part of this fun New York bit we do, we say full names and social security numbers. <laughs> so just remember that as you're telling us about this hot dream. I want to just say Pete. something. That, uh, you know, we've been doing the show for over 14 years and uh, it's uh, it hurts to know how creepy Zalvin has become over the years. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if he's always been this creepy and slowly he's letting us in or what. Well, uh, can I say the craziest part about that? Just to like own what you're saying. The craziest part is that Katie Heen has only been on for a couple of months, but we've been Mm -hmm. doing this podcast for 14 years. We filled the time, though. We (laughs) we really did. Do you know who Katie Keen is? I don't. And that was to, the first episode. To your point, Pete, um, I think we've just slowly watched Alex over the years wipe off the clown makeup to reveal <laughs> the real, <laughs> the real uh, perv, perv underneath. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks for going on this journey with me. Yeah. <laughs> hey, oh, it's been a roller coaster, and I've loved every second of it. Anyway, uh, so how do we want to tackle this? Um, should we just keep talking about um, these sexual proclivities, or should we move back into the TV show we are here to talk Let's about? Let's talk about the TV show, I, I think. <laughs> Great uh, Why don't we do Glorious uh, first, because everything kind of branches off of that. Great. Uh, so Gloria, um, she... Uh, we're, we're sort of... Gloria has her own storyline, and then Katie's is, uh, Katie and Guy are sort of mixed up in that. Right. Um, thematically, as we said, so we have um, we go to the the next scene is sort of the book uh, the book launch, um, mm-hmm. and uh, setting up for that, Katie's deciding whether or not to wear this dress from Guy um, because she's worried that she's talking to the gang and she's like, "Do if I wear this, am I saying, hey, I'm your uh, I'm your model, I'm your muse, let's go.'" Yeah. But if she doesn't wear it, is she rejecting it and harming her chance to continue to work for Guy in the atelier? Um, All right. Which is, a, it's got to be a, uh, you know, a tough line to kind of deal with, you know? Like, is this going to hurt my career versus, like, mm-hmm. how creepy is this going to get? Yeah. Um, and I, I guess to, to, to talk about that, she later, um, after all these revelations that she comes to, gives the dress back. Um, yeah. to Guy to try to keep their relationship above the board. But uh, I feel like they are still both acting on the chemistry between them. Yes, 100%, definitely. I mean, she did the right thing in this episode. We've yeah, she had a couple of episodes in a row where Katie tries to do the right thing, but makes things worse in the situation. This is one where I think she eventually come down to, came down to the correct solution, but... To your point, Justin, they have a ton of chemistry, and I really do think we are heading towards a situation where next episode, things get flirty again with KO, Errol Swoon is probably going to come back, and I don't know if we're going to end the season with this, but there's definitely, there's no doubt in my mind there's going to be a situation with all three dudes standing around Katie, she's going to have to make some sort of a choice. Yeah. Prince, hometown hero, or the, the person that she wants to be. Basically, yep. Oh. Exactly. There you go. Good way of breaking it down. Ko uh, wins. I don't know. 
Do you know what KO stands for, Pete? Knockout. That's right. He's out. <laughs> O-U-T. He's knocked you out. You set me up. You set yeah. me up, man. Do you know what guy stands for? Yeah, the devil. Guy. Guy stands for guy. He's a guy. <laughs> it's pretty <laughs> simple as that. You know what swoon stands for? <laughs> no. Uh, single, white, <laughs> over. <laughs> over uh, <laughs> octagons. Hey, over octagons, um, neck, necking. He's necking. He's going to be necking <laughs> oh, nice. with Katie. That's, that's a breakdown oh, right there. Yeah. Guy stands for get up, yo. <laughs> exactly, because he's the guy that's going to win in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, more seriously, the show is about Katie choosing between, uh, caught between, like, her love, her passion for her career, um, uh, I guess those two things. And it feels like, in the end, I think she is going to choose Guy. That's my predict. Really? No way. way. I... I think we're going to have, like, not exactly a choose-myself situation, but I think she's going to be put in a position, and we'll get to the what happens here at the end of the episode, but she is clearly moving up the ladder very quickly, and we get some information uh, that might be a feint because they put it out there, but it certainly seems to imply stronger that there is, is a princess story. She is the heir to the Lacey's fortune. So I think we are going to end up with a situation where she's presented with a choice between these three guys, uh, but ultimately chooses the, uh, the job, which is going to be running Lacey's at the end of the season. Like she's going to have the career. None of the guys, maybe she's going to drive away her friends. I don't know if they're going to go for a cliffhanger, but I imagine, uh, they probably will to like try yeah. to tee up a second season. So I don't think Katie is going to end up in the ideal place, but I think she's going to end up in the career and powerful place. Yeah, I agree with that. I do think it will end in a cliffhanger. Uh, what I'm saying is I feel like her and Guy have the most chemistry and most sort of in common mm-hmm. or most going for them as a couple. Um, despite the fact well, that, that- uh, the, the story would say that she might end up with K.O. Yeah, because you got to listen to your fucking heart at the end of the day. But I wanted to say that Gloria's kind of like last words, though, were like, hey, don't do it like me. I got caught up in some bullshit. You've got to keep work professional. And I think she's going to kind of stick to that. No way. Katie blows it. Katie makes the mistake and then (laughs) fixes it. That's like her whole thing. Um, Hopefully because she can be a little bit smarter. I guess we'll see. Um, but back on the Gloria story, I mean, she, she comes. Should, you know, she live her life. That's thanks, Dad. So she Gloria uh, <laughs> steps out of the podium to uh, to talk about her book, coming strong with some bits about picturing the audience wearing Calvin Klein, Zing. Oh yeah, you uh, got to open up with some you know icebreakers, some bits yeah, right off the it. bat. Uh, Amanda already looking suspicious. Um, in the middle of her speech, a lot of phone beeps. Like news breaking, mm-hmm. um, there's a big article in the Daily Hail. Um, I love is, scenes like this, by the way, where it's like yeah. these news items that get sent out in the middle of something are like an Amber Alert, where it just goes to every phone in New York City and yeah. everybody gets these things. Uh, yeah, it is the Daily Hail revealing that she abused her power, sold people for sex. And it's an interesting, I liked how they played this plot line because. The story is clearly 
incorrect in some aspects, but as they point out, and as Amanda and Katie in particular discuss later on, it is correct in other aspects. And I thought, uh, to be honest, I'm not usually a huge fan of Me Too type storylines because I feel like they get it wrong, like in one direction or the other. Like it's too much like we got to feel something for these people who got me too, which is stupid. Or it's just straight up like this person is a scumbag. Destroy them. This actually did a good job of threading the line and making us understand Gloria's perspective while not yeah. completely forgiving her. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, one other thing. What did you guys think of the fact that um, in the Katie Keene universe, uh, the major newspaper... I'm talking right now, so I'll come in after. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I just want to okay. something I'll later. point out. Normally, we would pause for this sort of thing, uh, but I will point out that uh, somebody somebody actually hit us up after listening to the podcast, and they're like, "Listen, I really enjoyed hearing the kids on the podcast. Oh man, I found it very <laughs> soothing." So there you go. Well, I guess we can leave my daughter asking for a lollipop uh, in. Um, Great stuff. (laughs) She interrupted um, an important topic I was bringing up. It's an important question. What do you think about in this the world of Katie Keene that the major newspaper is um, the Daily Hail, obviously a spinoff Hail and Hardy Soups, and that Big Soup has taken (laughs) over the news? That's a great, great question. I really wish it was News and Co. instead of Fresh and Co. So they led more to the salad side of thing. Yeah. Um, I couldn't Go think look. of anything else quickly enough. Stop, that was a good. Stop pushing your salad, salad, salad agenda. Yeah. Stop pushing your salad agenda on us. All right. You know, soup is great. All right. You really opened Panera's box there, Alex, by saying mm. that. Great point, uh, Pete. I have a quick question for you. Just in terms mm. of soup, would you prefer yeah. just like? Soup in a bowl? Do you prefer in a bread bowl? How do you eat it? Oh yeah, I mean, with the technology being what it is, <laughs> the bread bowl is the way to go. That's a new way to live. It's a great technology. world out there. Yeah, you know, you can eat the bowl too, so there's no waste. I know. Technically, you could eat any bowl. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah. but would you want to? No, bread bowl. All that was the whole day. point of uh, just salad Rassic Park. Oh, they're, they're oh, like, wow. just because your scientists could, didn't mean they should. Wow. You, you're frantically Googling other uh, fast casual restaurants. <laughs> is, it I'm hoping, is it working? I'm hoping, Do you guys like me? <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping that technology, uh, as Pete's using the term technology, can finally move forward where we have um, soup served in a soup bowl. Mm. A bowl made of soup itself. There oh, was, wow. I was, uh, apparently there's some place in San Francisco where they serve soup in a bread bowl and they somehow serve two soups in the same bread bowl, but they stay separate the entire time. Wow. Sounds crazy to me. What? Truly flying too close to the sun. Yeah. To one soup at a time. We're a one soup at a time culture. Similar <laughs> to how Katie should choose one guy at a time. And now exactly. back into the show. Good. Wow. Perfect. Another perfect loop. <laughs> now <laughs> back into the show. Uh, so Gloria, comes to, uh, Gloria is walked out of um, Lacey's. She is. Uh, it's sad. Um, she shows up at Katie's house. Super sad. Um, and there's a funny moment where she says, I never thought I'd see all these colors in one place, referring to all the paint on the walls of Katie's house. Yeah. Still mm-hmm. getting despite yeah. all the bad news. She still got the zingers. Now, Pete, I thought of you during this moment when she was outside the door because she stood out there and she said, well, are you going to invite me in? Do you think she's a vampire? Vampire, yes. Okay. 
Great. Yeah. I agree. Uh, Very yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you, love nobody how, else on, does that. I love yeah. how on top of that you were, Pete. You have, your notes for this episode are just the word vampire written over and over again. <laughs> yeah. And just little drawings of crosses to keep them away. Smart. Um, let me ask you guys, when you were watching this, were there commercials for um, Katie Keene hair tips? Yeah, right? Throughout? That was crazy. They were uh. like, hey, want to steal Katie Keene's style? I was like, what? What kind of commercial is this? Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I, I did watch it live, but I, I mostly tuned out during the commercials and were, was checking my phone. So I might have missed missing it. out. I'm just You're saying, look, next episode, look forward to me with a sweet little bob brushed yeah. out. By Katie Key. Like, I did get Katie to see Key. the Sky Rizzy song uh, commercial, which is one of my favorite songs on TV right now. Did you get that commercial, the Sky Rizzy commercial? I don't think so. Well, you know what, I don't know Nothing what that is. Nothing is everything. Oh, wow. There's a whole catchy what? song and everything. It, you, it's must a, have a commercial. Thing. you must have some high-end television, Alex. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also, while we're talking about commercials, last thing I'll mention is if you watch it in New York, at least, they share the New Jersey Lotto beforehand mm-hmm. uh, uh. the the pick seven and whatever else man that's the saddest thing right now because it's just an empty room <laughs> where they're doing the little balls and there's some old man who's like oh it's a new jersey lotto okay here we go here's the numbers <laughs> very sad used, used um, to be a whole to do yeah is it okay show. if we keep you to that you said that's the last thing you'll say is all right if we hold you to that <laughs> wow oh, jesus wow, wow. <laughs> saucy Zing. Uh, so, um, we, uh, jump back in Guy, uh, and Katie, and he, uh, he thinks it's time for Gloria to go. He is on the side and this starts to shift yeah. Katie's thinking, uh, which I thought was an interesting plot point. Uh, Katie also refers, uses the line, um, that she's a little upset because, um, she would never do sex to get ahead is a line she uses, which I thought that was a fun way to, to call, to refer to sex. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, is this the thing that like, not exactly turns her against Guy, but makes her realize that sort of to your point, Justin, Guy is all about the business above almost anything else. And that's not what Katie does. Like she does not lead with business sense first. She leads with her heart first more than anything else. Yeah. Um, and that's I think that's her, sort of her defining characteristic. But she takes she confronts Gloria, refuses, the, says she's not going to write the letter and sort of says, hey, you did. A lot of that stuff did happen. Um, I think you need to rethink your whole thing. Um, and I, I, Katie seems to affect Gloria in this moment and make her sort of realize that maybe it is time for her to go. There's a lot of like real everyone sort of like pushing everyone else in a sort of a. I don't know if it's a positive direction, but in the direction mm-hmm. that they end up choosing in this episode, which I thought a much more equal playing field for all the characters here. Yeah. It was yeah. also interesting that like uh, Katie kind of, who's uh, typically scared of confronting Gloria kind of like was straight up like, Hey Gloria, I know I said I would write that letter, but I was thinking about it. And that letter is true. I mean, that is, that's a heck of a thing to stand up to someone who is a vampire and say, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, well, I mean, I Gloria, was proud of Gloria, Katie for she got her number, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, my God. Is that one of the lyrics? <laughs> I, think? <laughs> I think the lyrics are, Gloria, your name is Gloria, Gloria. It's spelled G-L-O-R-I-A, Gloria. 
That's, uh, oh, there's some more child talking going on in the background. <laughs> and like we said, we're going we're gonna to keep, oh, she wants me to wave to her. Have a good nap. <laughs> Bye. Uh, uh, this is my favorite feature of this podcast. Yep. Uh, really, uh, definitely saying this in um, yep. uh, in relationship to all of the sex truck talk earlier is totally cool. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> um, weird so, you out at all? No. Well, they're not sitting here watching me do this. That's just. But they listen uh, to the podcast later. Right? Of course, of course. <laughs> it's the lullaby. I just I recount yeah. the entire podcast mm-hmm. to them as they're going to sleep. <laughs> yes. Um, so. Back into the story, something we say a lot in this episode specifically, <laughs> this podcast. Um, Katie, ping-ponging from side to side, goes to uh, Mrs. Lacey, and she's straight up nasty. Then back to Gloria, gossiping about this, um, who told, uh, who? how did this story come out? Gloria admits that she told Mrs. Lacey about Katie sleeping with the prince, which I thought was very fucked up. Katie seems fine with yeah. it. Well, I mean, if we actually want to talk from an HR perspective, she had to tell everybody, and Gloria definitely needed to tell her direct boss. From a plot perspective, yes, weird, because we haven't seen a Lacey's HR department at any point, but certainly they would need to be upfront about that sort of thing. We haven't seen the HR department, but I can guarantee that Katie will eventually be working in that department, uh, because (laughs) she works in every job in this entire store. Yes. Um, uh, Katie pitches the idea that they do a hit piece on Mrs. Lacey, which I was like, how many hit pieces are going to be in this episode of television? Yeah, I yeah. know. A lot of, a lot of also writing. Also, the Daily Hell being like, Jesus Christ, we need content. Just like, <laughs> stuff. we got no articles. Usually we publish 30 blank pages. Yeah, so we're exactly. Just Daily Hell, 50 hit pieces in each, uh, each <laughs> newspaper. Um uh, Gloria tells her not to sleep with the guy like we talked about. Katie goes back, packs up Gloria's things, gives the dress back, and finds the letter from Lacey's son to Gloria, which matches the typewriter. Um, LL. Now, yes, Pete. I mean, well, I just feel <laughs> you that, said like... now, and then you paused for a very long period of time. Yeah. Well, I it's think... It's like you're springing I a trap with, on us. Yeah, like, I froze with somebody froze. I apologize. I, I yeah. feel like... I want to talk about Amanda so much in this episode. And you talked about how she went back to the office and Amanda was sitting at her desk. And that was such an amazing moment. And uh, what does she call it? I wrote this down. It was so funny. She had this sick burn on Katie. She called her. She was like, calm down, Angela Lamesbury. Oh, (laughs) sick burn. That was so good. Amanda is great. Now, do you think Amanda was the one that leaked the article? For a moment when she was talking to her, I felt like uh, she definitely could have been because she got very, you know, she was like, oh, Glo- you know, what do you think about this thing with Gloria? And she was like, definitely like, nah, she is not I, nice to everybody. I think by the end of the episode, to me, the implication was that Mrs. Lacey did it specifically because Gloria publishing the book, uh, talking about how she is the main driving force behind Lacey's, seems to have made Mrs. Lacey jealous and angry. So published, leaked this hit piece to essentially drive her out so that Mrs. Lacey could become once again, the main face behind the brand. Um, I think, I, I don't think it was a bad deal. Like, like you said, like there was a little blip of, Ooh, maybe she did it, but I think ultimately it was Mrs. Lacey who did it. Yeah. It's weird how they don't really sure. give us that final answer. Um, cause I was yeah. sure that it was Amanda for the first half of the episode. Um, 
And maybe it still could be a thing. I thought it was Xandra for a while. I was like, man, Xandra is fucking killing it. She's all over it. It might be something they're holding on to, too, that eventually Gloria finds out that Mrs. Lacey has been leaking all these stories and embezzling money from the company and all of these other things, and they're able to force her out so Gloria does, in fact, become the head of Lacey's. I could see that happening an episode or two down the road. I think that's a great call. Um, ending, we end the uh, sort of Katie storyline with her dropping off her letter of resignation. She wants to stand with Gloria, leave Lacey's. While she's doing that, she happens to be suddenly in the middle of a meeting where Mrs. Lacey announced that Amanda's running the department with Katie. Dun, dun, dun. Can they balance work and love? We'll find out. Yeah, that's the real... That's Amanda the doesn't line. seem to have a lot of... Uh, <laughs> Love interest. Unless, of course, no. she's the same character as she is in uh, that Comedy Central show that she stars. The other half? The yeah. other half. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love this move at the end. I thought this was so much fun. Also, Katie Keene's sweater was great. The little uh, heart cutout sweater. Well, Very yeah, cute. she goes, you guys are the heart uh, and soul of this company. She's literally wearing a heart shirt. So. <laughs> yeah. Loved it. Uh, but I love this move. I love Amanda and Katie having to run it together and have to work together. Um, we're going to get to see a lot more of Amanda, and that is always a good thing. That's I, exciting. I, yes. I enjoyed the storyline a lot. I thought it was fun. Super fun. Uh, should we jump back and I mean, do um, Pepper? Well, sure. do we want to talk about the kind of like reveal with the uh, initials on the sewing machine doll, or is that uh, a different storyline? That's sure. a good call. The mom, the mom mystery is definitely deepening in this episode. Mm-hmm. I I feel like it has to be a feint at this point, right? Like the fact that they put it together and said, "Whoa, this guy probably romanced both my mother and Gloria," and that certainly seems to be the very strong implication. But it feels like there has to be a twist there, right? Like because is it Gloria? Is her mom? Is that the twist? No, that I, no. I don't think so. I, I thought that for a hot sec, but I was like, that's sort of Katie's mom has been built Crazy. up as like her like sort of lodestar, the thing that she really like worships. And like, I, I think it'd be too weird to undercut that and make her some sort of liar. What I think it is, is mm-hmm. um, Katie's mom was the one who had the relationship with, um, was it Leroy Lacey or Louis Lacey? Yeah. Louis Leo. Lacey, that's Louis. Louis. Uh, Leo? Katie's mom has the relationship with the Lacey's son, and Gloria was jealous and somehow forced Katie's mom out. So I think Gloria is going to mm-hmm. end up being sort of the or, villain. Or Gloria uh, covered up for her for that relationship and said it was her or something like that. Yeah. Well, she talked about having a romance with a guy that didn't work out because I think his heart was elsewhere, if I remember correctly, from the beginning of the episode. So that seems pretty clear in terms of what you're talking about, Justin. Uh, Again, I wonder if there is going to be some sort of twist or if it's just we know what's going on and eventually they'll get around to it as characters. Uh, So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I like that mystery. I think they've handled that well. They sort of are very subtle about it, and they're not really putting it in our faces. So I'm, I'm yeah. glad they're doing it that way. Uh, let's move on to Pepper. Talk about the old peps. So Pepper, she's um, at the Pepper plant uh, prepping for um, Kevin's big reading. Dee Dee shows up, and then uh, Pepper's Ooh. wife got in, brings a Pepper plant, and a real zinger. Say it with flowers. Yeah. Mm. I... That was a big pepper plant, I gotta say. Yeah, like and to really carry that through New York. Yeah, and that's full. It was full of produce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a little hot chili peppers going on there. Very like cute. Red, red hot chili peppers. 
Yeah. Ooh, like the band. <laughs> yes. They were, Whoa. Uh, they were under the From bridge. dad joke. There's a flea there. Mm-hmm. Well, as I've proven on this episode, I am a dad. Yeah. So <laughs> thanks, thanks for finally proving that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. The case is closed. <laughs> uh, um, so uh, moving through, uh, we're setting up this. We had the revelation that Pepper has a wife that she left in a Marrakesh prison um, at one point, <laughs> which feels very aggressive. I mean, honestly, uh, yeah. who hasn't? Yeah. You know? And Pepper wow. is more and more becoming like an international, like pretty high stakes criminal. <laughs> yes, she is. Yeah. Uh, which you know is fun. That's good. I love filling in those details. I love Pepper in this episode. Like I think what? they were cut. Well, they, I think they were kind of slow going with her character. But Julia Chan was having so much fun playing Pepper this episode. Her yeah. looks were so good. Uh, it, it was great. Uh, I just I enjoyed. This storyline was a minor one in terms of the span of the show, but I enjoyed this uh, quite a bit. And I I liked the back and forth that uh, I don't remember the exact amounts, but that uh, uh, basically her wife blackmails her and says, get me, what is it, $50,000? And she needs $40,000 for the pepper plant. Uh, to, in order to finish everything up and eventually that she is able to pull a scab and turn everything around, pay off her wife, get the money for the pepper plant, figure that whole thing out. Um, I thought that was good. Yeah. And I guess, should we talk about that? Uh, Kevin's storyline sort of dovetails with pepper. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he, we find out that he's teaching drama at Riverdale, which I thought was a fun detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, although he's he, kind of disappointing himself for still being there. Yeah, yes. so, I mean, just to establish this takes place five-ish years of the future past Riverdale. Um, right. And I did think, again, they played this very nicely. The fact that, like, he's the drama teacher at Riverdale High. As we find out later, he tried to make it in New York, but was preyed on sexually by a Tony-winning director um, who scared him off. He went back to Riverdale, uh, hid out there, couldn't watch the Tonys anymore. And he fe- seems... He's sad about his life. Like, he's written a play called Labat Nui, which oh, is all be, call, that is set in a place called Creekdale. So yeah. clearly he learned at Jughead Jones's feet how to barely hide what's going on in your stories. So that was fun. Yeah, I, hiding it is not what he's doing. He, all the characters yeah. are named for themselves. <laughs> that right. was the casting was fantastic, though. It yeah, was so the casting for that. So to get there... Um, we have uh, this is a Pepper's going to do a big show. She's going to invite all the big critics, including Adele Dazeem. Uh, did you guys yes. catch that? Uh, that was a I fun. I did one. catch yeah. that. Um, shout do you out think, to John Travolta. Shout out to Travolta. Do you think in the world of Katie Keene, that's a real person or is it Pepper just absolutely lying? Uh, no, no, no. I think I think that's a real person that like Adina Menzel is Adele Dazeem in the world of Katie Keene, like which is a classic Riverdale Katie Keene type thing to do. Yes, I thought it was fun. Classic. But I also think it, I think we're going to find out that Pepper is lying like eighty percent of the time. So I wouldn't mm-hmm. put a pastor to just be like, be like, oh, who am I inviting? Um, and then just make up nine names. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's fair. Though she does pack the reading. Like she yes. both times with the kiss of the Spider Woman and with this, she has delivered on that stuff. So even yeah. if she is a shit talker most of the time, she is also 
seems to actually be connected and actually have a column in the Daily Hail and all of these other things. That's one of the big mysteries of the show is how what is real with Pepper. And they have not given us a lot of clues so far. The only stuff mm-hmm. that's been exposed about her is stuff we already knew she was lying about. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, and so, the wife, though. So let's anyway. talk about Kevin's play, which uh, we get uh, Pepper is reading the part of Cheryl Blossom. Uh Katie Keene is Betty Cooper, complete with ponytail. Uh, Also, Pepper, I should mention, has the spider brooch on her, which I thought was a cute little detail. Uh, Jorge, as Ginger, of course, is like full-on comic book Veronica Lodge straight out of the gate. Um, So really fun. Ginger Lopez as Veronica Lodge is just magical. Absolutely magical. Not over the top at all. I got to ask you guys, I loved... That it just felt like they were not even making making fun in a bad way, but just lovingly poking fun at Riverdale. Kevin earlier yes. on is like, oh, the play is about uh, making out and murder, which yeah. Yeah. is Riverdale. That's how he uh. describes it. Uh, but the stuff throughout, they have somebody tied up in pops. Uh, they uh, Cheryl at one point is like, don't do anything to my TT, which is just like, her accent is hilarious throughout this. Oh, season. yeah, definitely. Uh, uh, and Veronica the, is like, nobody messes with Choni, uh, which yeah. uh, drove fans. Like I was watching this on Twitter. They were like, they said the hard C I'm going yeah. crazy here. How dare they? Yeah. But I felt like all of this stuff is so purposeful and so like clearly just poking fun at the fan base in exactly the right way. But the thing that I wanted to ask you guys was people also were like ripping it apart for clues because of all the stuff going on at Riverdale right now with Barchi and Bughead and everything no. else, where they were like, Betty, Betty's character in the play was like, I've made some mistakes, but we all got past that. And they were like, oh, are they talking about Barchi? Is that kissing Archie? Ooh. Is that what they're talking about? No way is the no clue way, right? to Riverdale in this yes. middle of this episode. No. Well, I just wait, wanted to there's say- one other clue. Hold on. Uh, and then, Pete, I'll let you talk. The other clue that people are like... Uh, Ginger, as Veronica, was wearing a gigantic diamond ring on her ring finger. And they were like, oh, my God, is Veronica married at this point in the future? And again, I feel the same way with that, where it was just like, there aren't any clues. It's just it's just a silly detail. Well, let me take that, though, as a clue. Wait, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. The look on Josie's face when she had to sit there for the reading and she's just shaking her head like, (laughs) I can't believe, like. I'm in this kind of nightmare. I'm playing me and everybody else is like a fake. Ver- it was hysterical and I loved every second of it. Okay, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Josie does seem like, in general, Josie is over everything, it feels like, especially in this episode. So it was <laughs> funny to have her be like, oh, not this shit again. Uh, <laughs> to, no, to take that, if, if Veronica had a big diamond ring on her finger, she's not marrying Archie. Archie's not. Yeah. Archie's going to stay in Riverdale Ooh. and do so. That's a that's a what? That's a Reggie ring. Uh, I mean, this is a whole other podcast, oh. but just to like delve into it really quickly. Uh, apparently, there seems to be there. There's probably going to be some sort of time jump when eventually we get into season five or whatever counts as season five episodes of Riverdale. And my biggest theory is that I think we're going to see like all of the couples shaken up on Riverdale. Uh, so we're going to see. 
we could see Veronica married somebody, but like she moved to New York and married somebody who wasn't Archie, wasn't Reggie, is some rich, smug asshole. She's running whatever sort of businesses down there uh, and then comes back to Riverdale and those old feelings spark or something like that. Or just engaged. Yeah, even. but yeah. Or also, engaged, yes. uh, it also looked like a little bit of Ginger Lopez just throwing some flair on her character. You yes. know what I mean? I think yeah. it's more likely that's exactly what it was. Either way, it's fun. Um, so <laughs> Pepper, um, Pepper is working with Kevin to entrap this man that took advantage of Kevin back when he was auditioning in New York. Um, he, this dude is an absolute creep, and he absolutely is again. Um, so he and Kevin, Kevin's playing along. So uh, gross, Kevin man. goes to so get a gross. drink with him. Guy doesn't think Gargoyle King is real, which is big sign of a real jerk. Mm-hmm. We know that. Yeah. Um, wild scumbaggery. Uh, then um, there's some whispering, and they had been record. Kevin's wearing a wire. They record it. Pepper blackmails him for not just thirty grand, but the seven, the full seventy Seven, grand yeah. that she needs to cover both. Which, I thought was which false. is upsetting to me because Kevin doesn't get a cut of shit, and like he put himself on the line, and that's people are making money, and Kevin doesn't well, get a slice. He he doesn't care about the money. What he only gets is for the. Kev. Hold on. He gets justice because what happens yeah. is Pepper gets the $70,000 in blackmail and then publishes the story anyway, which exposes yeah. this guy. And then at the end of the episode, Kevin says, well, I can finally watch the Tony Awards again, which is what I wanted to do. And he knows that this guy has been ruined in the industry, is never going to be around anymore. Um, and that's what he wanted. He didn't need the money. Well, what was he going to do with that? You know, they already have... Oh, have a- an, they have an out-of-control budget at the Riverdale High Drama Department. They yeah. can put on full-fledged productions of absolutely anything. He doesn't need anybody. The He's tax good. base is crazy in Riverdale. The insurance payouts are strong. Um, I can't mm-hmm. believe you're insinuating that a teacher at a public school has money. Come on, man. This is, this is awful. Have you seen the hangout room in the Riverdale High? It's uh, <laughs> yeah. like an Explorers yeah. Club drawing room. And what does Kevin do? Buy another flannel shirt? He's already got one. Oh, yeah. Man. He's, he's lousy with flannel. flannel. <laughs> Kevin had to relive a fucking nightmare so everybody else could make money. And Kevin's like, well, I get to watch the Tonys again. I mean, sure, that's got to be killing him with his love of theater. But, you know, it'd be nice if he got a little slice is all I'm but saying. But also, not to keep putting Pepper in the villain spot, but we don't know how much she told Kevin she made off of it or even if she blackmailed him at all. She sure, just yeah. published the article, and he, Kevin may know nothing of the money. So it's not like he's feeling ripped off. He just may have been ripped off. While we're talking about Kevin, why don't we move over to Josie's storyline? Because that's the other big one that he ties oh, into. Yeah. Well, one real quick thing just to finish up with Pepper. Um, her ex shows back up, gets the money, steals Dee Dee, and plans to ruin Pepper, which I thought was mm-hmm. uh, Dee Dee is such a power uh, chip in this game all of a sudden. But it was also very interesting the way that was set up because Pepper basically double-crossed the creepy teacher. Yes, he deserved it. And then she got double-crossed and was very upset by it. And it was kind of, you know, I thought it was, you know, a little bit of uh, a karma kind of biting her in the ass a little bit there. It was a quadruple cross. Two times two. Yeah. Nice. Way to check the math there, Alex. No problem. Uh, I Googled that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Google, what is two times two? You, you idiot. You Google. idiot. It's four. Uh, oh, my God. 
yes, let's jump over to, over to Josie. So she's got the Pussycats together, the brand new Pussycats. Um, she, they want to sing, and she's like, no, it's Josie and the Pussycats. Not Ooh. the Pussycats and also Josie. Right. <laughs> so. Exactly. Uh, oh, and we did forget to mention that, uh, that she did get two new Pussycats. These are Archie Comics characters, though very much the show's own version of them. One is Cricket, and the other one is Trula Twist, I think is her name. Mm-hmm. Um, and they want in on the music, which I think is fair. It was interesting... Given the progress that Josie has made as a character on the show, to have her instantly fall back into the way she was in high school in this episode. But I think part of that is, well, she's on her own again. She has the pussycats again. So, of course, you fall back into old habits. And I liked that the storyline had Kevin in particular present that to her and throw that in her face and help her move forward as a person. I agree. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, uh, Kevin really showed uh, what an amazing friend he is in this episode because she chewed Kevin (laughs) the fuck out. And then he could have walked out and been like, fuck you. You know, you don't talk to me like that. But instead, he stayed and gave Josie amazing advice about how now she needs to grow. And if she says she's past Riverdale, she needs to show that she's past that. And it really helped Josie be a better person, a better band member. And like, that was all Kevin there. And he could, he had every right to be like, fuck you for yelling at me, coming at me. You know, you don't know the shit that uh, I've dealt with this episode in particular. True. But I also think he felt bad because he, him, after he made his target run for some snacks, uh, very subtly mentioned. Target, target. Target, indeed. Different. Target. Um, he uh, he was the one that caused the new Pussycats to quit. He gave them the information. Yeah, but he wasn't. He gave them information. It's not like scandalous. Yeah, you're not. You're I'm not saying it's scandalous. I'm saying he felt bad for his stepsister that um, he threw her a wrench through a wrench in the works. Yeah, that was an honest accident, though. Like, I think that was yes. more on the line of Josie not giving them the information that Trula and Cricket needed to yeah. be fully informed. Um, and regardless, they got through it and ultimately came together as a band in classic why, Josie the Pussycats fashion. Why won't what you, you guys... Think? Oh, good. Why won't you guys acknowledge that Kevin did a really great thing and he's a great friend? Why won't you say that? I... <laughs> Okay, really holding our feet to the fire here. Um, yes, Kevin's a good friend. Thank Kevin you. is not a good friend. He's a good stepbrother for the last time, Pete. He's a step friend. Yes. Which exactly. is a friend you get in a marriage. <laughs> which is a real thing that happens. So there you go. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I did think it was funny the two excuses why the um, the new Pussycats couldn't be there were they were at a climate change protest and in bed watching the morning show. Uh, <laughs> really aggressively on character. The writer of the episode actually said uh, on Twitter that his favorite detail that he put in the script was the morning show thing because it <laughs> takes place five years in the future, implying that Apple TV Plus is still around in five years. Uh, and that they're still paying laugh. for the morning show, one of the most expensive yes. shows on television. Um, yeah. uh, going on uh, aside uh, all of this, uh, Kevin's stuff with um, Josie is uh, Zandra pop- had popped in earlier in the episode and says, I want to be a pussycat. Um, I'm a good singer. You said so yourself. And I love cats. Josie, not having it. 
um, right. which really bites her in the ass. After she's gotten the new Pussycats together, they're all on uh, the same page when it comes to music. They've rehearsed the jam. They're ready to go out. And as they're walking out... Wait, they hear, and, and the most important detail before you get to it, though, they're wearing the costumes. They're wearing the Josie yes. and the Pussycat costumes, uh, log tails, and ears for hats. Yes. This is a they, weird lyric, but that actually is accurate. Yeah, ears for hats. They have a night. There's a little ritualistic moment with them donning the ears for hats. Um, mm-hmm. uh, well, because we never really got that on Riverdale. Like they wore yeah. the cat ears occasionally, but uh, yeah. as much as I missed uh, Melody and Val- Valerie, Val- Melody and Val- Valerie, I was like Melody and Valentine. That's not right. Uh, Val- Melody and Valerie. Uh, as much as I missed whoever those people are, uh, it was nice. Seeing the classic costumes, as ridiculous as they are, in this updated version, um, I do, I like Cricket and Trula. I think they're interesting characters that I want to find out more about, and I'm excited to see a true-to-the-comics version of the Pussycats, complete with the thing that you were about to get to, which is a evil bad trying to take them down. Yes, the yep. misfits to their gem and the holograms. Uh, Xandra yeah. um, has formed another band with, I guess, the models that her dad had maybe put out earlier? I think yep. they're different people, which... Different people. Yeah, um, uh, it would make sense if it was those models, but I think it's two different pussycats. I couldn't tell because in the... So Xandra is performing uh, Josie's song, lip-syncing to it, and she's dancing in front of the... on a, like a, In the middle of the crowd, and the light was all on Xandra, and you couldn't even see the other uh, pussycat girls. Yeah, which I, I loved. Was, I loved how that was shot, and yeah, I think cool. that really emphasized the opposite of what Josie was going through, which is we're going to be a band. It's going to be all three of us together. One all for one and one for all. And Sandra is like, Nope, this is about me. I'm going to be a star. I'm going to be on billboards. I'm going to take everything from you. Uh, and that's yeah. how they shot it. And I thought that was great. And I love the moment that's afterwards a- when Joe, oh, go ahead, Pete. I was going to say, that's a really sick burn to say to her face. Like you're going to have to watch me live your dream. And I was like, yeah, damn. That's what I was going to say. I love this moment afterwards where Josie confronts her. and is like, hey, you took my songs. And she's like, yeah, I own those songs. And yeah. I'm going to do everything you yeah. want to do with my band, Xandra and the Kitty Cats. Um, and <laughs> leaving Josie in a real tough spot. Uh, what do you think she's going to do to fix this? I think, I mean, Josie can write songs. Like, that's the difference between her and Xandra. Like, Xandra... Great pop star sensibilities. The dancing was great. The singing was great. Loved cool all hair. of that. Yeah, cool hair. Everything, she's got it down. But Josie actually has the talent and the songwriting ability. Um, so what, I don't know, if this show ultimately is about heart and being an artist and persevering no matter what, then Josie is going to win out because of that, because of her true talent. Yeah, um, she's about her band. Yeah, who needs other people to write this stuff for her? Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. We'll see. We'll see whether they go in a fairy tale direction or a more realistic direction. Yeah, I think she's going to uh, reinvent herself. And I actually feel like this is probably the last time we've seen the Pussycat costumes. Oh, if, uh, if, they they are in the next episode, but I uh, I could see it going away. After I that. feel well. I think. My guess is she's going to leave behind the pussy. If if Xander's taking the kitty cats, she's going to let her have that. She's going to reinvent herself with a more like realistic, like musical persona, uh, and mm-hmm. come I'm, out. I'm with, too attached the to band. the band. They can't do that. I think the band is going to be with her. It's just they're they're going to be like more edgier and less uh, spandex pussycat costumes. 
Okay. Yeah. But we'll all see. of my favorite bands wear like cat based uh, spandex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Uh, like Kiss. Yeah, exactly. Right, like Kiss and other bands. <laughs> uh, last thing to talk about, truly the most heartbreaking uh, storyline of the oh. episode. Oh. Well, it goes from ridiculous oh. to sad very quickly. Um, Jorge's story. Uh, in the opening scenes, Jorge can't stop mentioning how uh, he had a three-way, which I thought was very funny. Yeah, that was it hysterical. Is, yes. Just literally apropos of nothing, people are like... Uh, I, there was some conversation, I'm forgetting the first couple of things, but, uh, somebody's like, uh, I designed a dress and I wrote a song and I had a three way (laughs) just popping in with that. No matter what. Very, very funny. Uh, Also, like I said, towards the beginning of the podcast, not what I expected from Jorge based on the look, the last episode. And in fact, his behavior in this whole storyline was very surprising to me. Um, I don't. I, I, the implication at the end of the last episode was that he felt like he would need to make some sort of choice, that this wasn't exactly what he expected. Uh, but instead, he's the one that is all in on everything right at the top of this episode and right all the way through the episode until it uh, th- gets thrown back right in his face. Yeah, I, I think we didn't get a lot of time with him in this episode because there's so much else going on. So you we weren't in his head a lot. But if I had to speculate, I think he's very stressed about what happened, but also excited. So when he's with his friends, he's excited about it. But more in one-on-one situations, he's stressed because he doesn't know how to handle this. And then he proceeds to not handle it very well, despite the fact that it feels like, based on what happened last episode and this episode, right from the jump, Bernardo is more into buzz than he thought he would be and to Jorge's detriment. Maybe more than yeah. he is into Jorge. Um, we and the way it plays out here is um, Jorge and Bernardo decide to uh, talk to Buzz. Um, Jorge's wearing a crazy neon turtleneck <laughs> that is uh, <laughs> very difficult to uh, make sort of to look at. Um, but he offers; uh, they offer to be in a throuple with Buzz. Buzz is like, "Whoa, I am not ready for this." Um, Bernardo's like, "Okay, cool." Then later, Jorge and Bernardo have a big fight where Bernardo is really overreacting to Jorge, I felt like. Whoa, and it whoa, felt whoa, really? Whoa, 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 whoa. Interesting. Go ahead, Pete. Yeah. Yeah, because he was like, uh, you know, uh, Jorge is all like, oh, so broken up. And I thought that the firefighter definitely had a lot of ground to stand on to be like, hey, why are you hurt over this? You know, this is supposed to be you and me, and then we're inviting him in type of thing, and you're treating this like a breakup, and I'm supposed to be your boyfriend. Well, yeah, uh, the uh, lines uh, got just, blurry, and and uh, I think uh, I think he had the right to be like, why why does this why do you care so much about this type of thing? Well, there's two things that happen here, just to clarify in terms of events. First, uh, Jorge finds out that Bernardo and Buzz have been texting, texting. off the Thrupple group chain, which is Bernardo doesn't see as a big deal. They were just kind of chatting about jogging and other things. Um and things that Jorge is not interested in, but Jorge does feel like it's a big deal. And then when Buzz says no to the thruple, as you were mentioning, Pete, they go to a bar and Jorge keeps ordering drinks and says, oh, this is what I always do when I go through a breakup. And Bernardo is pissed because he says, I don't want to console you 
while you're pretending you're having a breakup with somebody else when I'm your boyfriend. So I think there's mistakes made on both sides. And I was glad to see the thing that happens towards the end of the episode, which is Jorge puts on his ridiculous jogging wear, which Very was funny. a delightful costume, goes and wants to jog with Bernardo to make amends, but sees Bernardo and Buzz are already jogging together. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, look, you're broken up. I'm crying. Uh, yeah, I think... Well, and we should say, Alex, the reason yes. Alex is so upset is because he was once broken up with when um, one a, a clown he was dating went jogging with another clown. Yes, <laughs> it was very funny, but also very sad. Yeah, what was sad was they all took the same clown car to get there, you know, and <laughs> then they went running separately, so... Yeah. And uh, you, you should a- go jogging with Pagliacci, said the doctor. And I said, but doctor, I am Pagliacci jogging. And Alex, you had a, a relationship with an entire clown car of clowns, right? It was like, yeah, you, it was like a throuple. How can you not? Like so I mean, once more. you get in there, you know, just everybody's parts are everywhere. And it, it just it becomes a thing. It's a, a clergy. Thing. A clergy. Yes. yes. <laughs> a clergy. I uh, mean, I was... I was hurt because I was hoping it almost retroactively made me wonder if, you know, uh, Bernardo was kind of pushing for this agenda all along. Because, like, See, that's Jorge what I was thought. saying things, and he was kind of like, okay, sure. Yeah, wow, this is working out great for me. And, and then kind of, like, took a, took a moment to get to blow up to kind of, like, break it off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if that was kind of, like, happened in his favor or what. <laughs> Um, but I was excited when uh, Jorge was going to fight for him and the way they kind of set up in the episode, they were like, oh, you can still get him back. There's still time. Um, so that was also very heartbreaking. Yeah, I think we'll see more of this going forward. Certainly, yes. like this plot line is not done. I also feel like there is going to be a thing where Bernardo and Buzz are not in a relationship so much as just talking about everything that went down and became friends because their connection still is Jorge. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I think they just, they need to have a conversation, right? Like they need to sit down and actually talk about it. Jorge was manic in a way. So I wonder to your point, Justin, about not getting in his head, if part of it was overcompensating for everything that went on and just trying to be happy and joyful and really pushing it because he doesn't feel totally comfortable. Yes, Pete. Also, um, Jorge was kind of like uh, hurt initially and when they kind of started talking that, uh, you know, the the lawyer guy or the stockbroker guy was like, didn't count his relationship as a relationship. And Jorge was like, we dated for a year. And he was saying, yeah, my first like out of the closet kind of relationship. And that was also, which is understandable a little bit to be hurt if someone doesn't count your relationship. You know what I mean? So... I mean, in that point, like, I could understand Jorge being upset. Um, but, yeah, it, 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 I'm interested to see how this moves forward. It's really been twisting and turning and a kind of a relationship thing that I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah, and that's why I felt bad for Jorge, sort of. Buzz isn't taking care of Jorge in this episode. Bernardo, I, no matter what is happening, I do think Bernardo overreacts to Jorge. Jorge, despite the fact that he's drinking and all that and said, like, oh, this is how I always drink after a breakup. He wasn't being he was sort of like having a fun night out, it felt like at the same time. Um, So I think Bernardo takes that very intensely. And there are a couple ways to go. It could have been an innocent jogging sesh 
uh, with Buzz, or it could be that Bernardo has moved to be dating Buzz, and that's what it felt like to me. I thought it was a yeah. bad look. We will have to see what happens going forward. Now, before we wrap up, any final thoughts, any other things you want to talk about with the episode? Well, I did think it was interesting that uh, Katie Keene at one point was like, hey, do you want me to go ask KO or I could talk to KO because they were talking about Xandra and KO and Xandra Mm -hmm. dating. So, like, I did like the fact that KO is still on Katie Keene's radar, even though we don't see him in this episode. So I appreciated that little shout out. And it's nice to know that, you know, even if she's having sex dreams about the devil, KO is still in there. You know what I mean? That's right. Mm-hmm. She was going to very romantically go to him to try to get information out of him for Josie. One uh, of the most romantic things you can do is ask an ex to help you out <laughs> with a friend. Yep. Good times. All right. If you want to support this podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live to the Internet show every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out and we'll chat about Katie Keene comic books, and plenty of other things. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice. ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Socially, you can check us out at at Riverdale After on Twitter, at Riverdale Dark on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark on Facebook. And remember, dreams, uh, dreamers, uh, dreamers, dreamers, uh, Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.